Hey everyone, Misaligned is back and we are on our 99th episode. So we are very, very close to 100 episodes here, which we will be celebrating next episode. But today we are going to be talking all about Beyonce's fan club. Before we do that, though, I want to let you all know that Misaligned is part of the Modern Vinyl family of podcasts. You can find all the shows over at modern-vinyl.com. You can check out the Modern Vinyl podcast, Pilot Study, once that is, you know, getting in high gear and missing artwork is a personal favorite of mine. It's not really in season right now, but, you know, Michael is always working on some very good episodes with Chris for that. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled for a new missing artwork whenever that happens. I don't have any inside info for you guys. I'm sorry. And 6131 Records is still sponsoring the podcast, so we will tell you more about that later on in the episode. But right now, we're going to do a little bit of a throwback song here from an older record that they released. And the song is Small Talk by I'm Glad It's You. you all enjoyed that little clip of the song there we'll link to it in show notes and everything as usual so you guys can check that out it's available on Bandcamp, and you can probably stream it on all of the services i know you can definitely get to it at least on apple music and spotify so there is that but megan when we initially talked about discussing beyonce's fandom you and i both pronounced the fandom differently so i want to just quickly read this thing I found on Beyonce's Wikipedia page. So it says that the name derives from the word beehive, and I said beehive, and I believe you said bayhive, right? Probably. So I'm. it says, you know, it's purposely misspelled, kind of like how we misspelled misaligned on purpose. <laughs> so, Or like how my parents misspelled my name. <laughs> it's just an alternate spelling, you know. But I, I'm sticking with beehive because... Now that I know it is literally derived from that, which was my main guess, I'm just going to stick with it. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm going with for this episode. Meanwhile, I should just say in part that today's episode is also sponsored by the fruit roll-up that I am currently eating. (laughs) Or the fruit by the foot, I should say. (laughs) Gotta be specific. Because I am, in fact. I don't think they make fruit roll-up anymore, but they make fruit by the foot. And it's very, very delicious. But (laughs) I don't know. It's one of pop music's most revered fandoms, I guess you could say. And it's one that also gets a lot of people fired up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wasn't there something a while ago where the Beehive, essentially, even though I always want to say Bayhive, the Beehive uh, spammed people's Instagrams over something? Am I remembering this right? Do you remember this? You know, I I don't know. I haven't totally kept up on the news, but 
Before we dive into the beehive, though, I do want to note, too, that it, the fan club used to be called the Beyontourage. Beyontourage sounds right. And so basically, it's Beyonce and Entourage put together. And that one's kind of clever, too. So I think that's interesting that they sort of changed their own name. Basically, on Twitter, the fans petitioned <laughs> and they changed the name to Beehive for whatever reason. And it, that's really stuck because, you know, there's a hashtag Beehive and there's actually an, another hashtag that Beyonce uses, but it's for a different reason. So we'll just touch on that a little at the end since it's not totally fandom related. But ah, I found it. I found the thing. So it is kind of funny to think about this fan base. And I like the term Beehive so much better than Beyonce it's a mouthful. It very, very much is. It's Try saying that five times fast while eating a fruit by the foot. Yeah. But <laughs> the beehive attacks to defend Beyonce. So much like an actual beehive, you know, the worker bees, the other bees, the bees that will probably sting you half to death if you're allergic, attack to protect their queen. So pop music fandoms are so weird these days because... We live in an age of social media where everything is so just, like, in your face. Ah, here's the incident I was thinking of. When Lemonade came out, Sorry was released, and the whole Becky with the good hair incident, which, you know, on the same night that she released the visual album, Rachel Roy, a fashion designer, alluded to her possible affair with Jay-Z in an Instagram caption that has since been deleted that read, good hair, don't care. So, of course, the Beehive took to their phones and basically spammed her Instagram comments with lemon and bee emojis for weeks. (laughs) And, of course, they did... I don't condone this behavior at all. They crossed a line and actually started attacking Rachel Roy's daughter, who was a teenager. Like, that is how fervent the fan base is. It's crazy. It's definitely an intense fan base, too. And I know not everyone in the fan base is necessarily like that because you yourself bought some Beyonce merch and include yourself in the beehive, basically. So, yeah, it's definitely one of those things where usually it's a smaller group within the larger group that sort of causes trouble when it comes to fandoms and you know I linked to this article in our notes here from people and it's on the beehives a list 13 Beyonce loving stars and what I found interesting with this not that necessarily most of the names even surprised me but they started with a model named Ashley Graham and I have never heard of her so I would have thought you know really maybe with this list you start with someone slightly more familiar to the general public like I don't know Adele or Taylor Swift or Rihanna or Kanye West because you know they're like See, later in the list but yeah it's like she looks familiar but I wouldn't have known her by name by any means I think it's funny that you're saying you have no idea who she is and that she just looks familiar because she is a plus size model. She's been in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issues, and she's one of the first that has really championed body positivity among everybody. She's a model who's embraced her curves, and I think that's great. 
And Beyonce has also embraced her curves and is teaching better body positivity, although I don't agree with her current Instagram campaign where she's getting ready for Coachella by following a vegan diet, but to each their own. Yeah, I honestly just don't know the names of too many models in general. So it's more so me just not being familiar with that world and obviously being more familiar with the likes of Taylor Swift and Kanye West. And you even have Gal Gadot on here, Mm -hmm. Gabrielle Union, you know, there's a lot of familiar faces on this list. And apparently BBC Radio One had asked Adele about Beyonce and she just got so excited and said, obviously, Queen Bee to the day I die. So it's always nice to see fellow artists have that much excitement about artists who are equally as big, if not bigger than they are themselves. Oh, my gosh. It's it's crazy to think about the impact that she's had over the years, too, from her days in Destiny's Child to her early solo career to now. And unlike a lot of artists who have these very, well, ridiculous fan clubs and fan bases, she's actually using hers for good. She's raising positive messages, and she's also a master of promoting herself. She's elusive. She posts what she wants, when she wants, and leaves people guessing. If you remember, last year was, I think it was around this time last year when she announced the pregnancy of Rumi and Sir, her twins, and how that nearly broke Instagram, even though Stormy the baby of uh, Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott has since broken her record. But that pregnancy announcement was literally one of the most liked, well, the most liked Instagram post up until Kylie dethroned her this year. Yeah, the beehive definitely just jumps on anything that she posts right away. And it's one of those things that is always interesting because Beyonce is someone who doesn't need a specific typical album rollout or anything like that you know we saw this when she dropped I believe it was her self-titled album just like Mm -hmm. in the middle of December I think it was like the night before my birthday and I had gone to sleep early only because I had a flight the next day to go back home for winter break so it was one of those things where you know the one time I went to bed early I missed out on Beyonce dropping an album randomly so that was the year she ruined everybody's end of the year list (laughs) or even when Lemonade was released and I was so mad about this because originally um she said she was premiering something on HBO. Everyone thought that it was just going to be a music video. No. Homegirl goes and does the whole dang thing. Drops the visual album. Where was I at the time? In the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, with my family, with no access to actually be able to stream the album without getting one of 50,000 title free trials <laughs> that I've had. And freaking out about that and this was in april like she woke up one day and said oh yeah i'm gonna drop an album in april but i'm not gonna tell anybody and everyone's gonna think i'm releasing a music video so boom here it is yeah when she releases stuff too it's like it's not just a typical release it becomes this whole event for the fan base basically and i think that's what just brings 
everything she does to another level because she gets people so excited about what she's doing at the drop of a hat, quite literally sometimes. And it just covers the news for days, it seems, especially when she did the full album drop and then the visual album to Lemonade, which didn't that premiere on HBO or something, too? Yes, that is what I was referencing, too. And even her merch drops. She doesn't announce when she's going to drop new merch, but she just did a whole line for Valentine's Day. The whole Be Mine. She released shirts with All Night, Rocket Till Waterfalls, a picture of King of Hearts, which appears to be her as the King of Hearts. There is a Be Mine crop top with that's a ringer tee with some cherries on it uh oh right fulfill my fantasies from baby boy picture of her gyrating on the shirt and oh yes you too can own a pair of bootylicious booty shorts they have beyonce's name on the leg but on the butt in true mid-aughts fashion bootylicious is written right across that taking us all back to the days of juicy tracksuits everyone wearing Victoria's Secret perfume and looking like an orange. Yeah, I think you are definitely more in tune with what is going on in Beyonce's world because I honestly don't really pay too much attention to her website or merch specifically, but it's more like, okay, Twitter is talking about Beyonce this, Beyonce that. So I'll go check that out. And obviously, whenever she drops music, I'm going to go listen to it unless, you know, it's on title and I can't. But, you know, that doesn't always stop people. So you definitely have to not necessarily be following Beyonce's every move, but you just have to be following like one or two people who do that and then you'll be set you don't even necessarily need to dive into the fandom as much as other people because her fandom the beehive they'll do everything for you basically and you'll find out stuff just as fast as you would if you were getting a press release about it or something yes it's great actually also uh as i continue to go through her merch store as mentioned earlier yes i do own beyonce merch and yes, I did purchase something from it with a really cheap shipping fee. I was surprised. For Christmas, I got my best friend, also a very rabid Beyonce fan. She actually got us tickets to see her in Hershey two years ago. So that was my uh, Galentine's Day gift was, will you be mine with a picture of Beyonce saying, we're going to see her. But for Christmas... She had that drop with the Yonsei crop tops and the hoodies and, well, the sleigh. And I don't... Oh, here it is. She has a line of t-shirts that say, Slay or you get E, lemon aided. <laughs> I got my best friend that t-shirt for Christmas and she loves it. And she got me... Ooh, for $70, you can own a Smack It pullover hoodie. Honestly, I'm kind of tempted about that because it looks like a nice hoodie and it just has smack it, smack it, smack it, smack it on the front. Anyway, uh, for Christmas, she got me the Fingers Up mug. It's lemonade yellow. It has her name on the back and it's a cartoon drawing with two hands giving the middle finger saying, boy, bye. My boyfriend thinks it's the trashiest thing on the face of the earth and I love it. I think Beyonce merch might be a little out of my price range at the moment. Because, you know, for me, I typically just buy a shirt and that's like 
15 or 20 bucks for most of the bands that you and I go see. But you mentioned right. going to see her and I was pretty disappointed when I went to go see Justin Timberlake and Jay-Z do their co-headlining tour and she did not make an appearance. The whole time I was there, I was like, is she going to show up or no? And, you know, she didn't. So there was that. But she was rumored to do the Charlottesville concert, too. And she didn't do the show. And everyone was sad. Where is the beehive giving us the proper rumors that are actually correct? <laughs> right? But to be fair, her t-shirts, um, they're really nice quality. And like $35, it's worth it, I think. Her long sleeves are 45 The crop tops are 35 You know, it's still relatively reasonable and on par with some of the bigger artists I've seen. I think when I saw her, her merch was like, $45 for a t-shirt and as much as I wanted to get my brother the beehive boy sweatshirt well t-shirt actually because it was like July when I saw her no June I saw her in June I just didn't want to pay 40 plus for a t-shirt 35 is much more reasonable that's how I feel about quite a few larger artists too because you already pay a pretty steep price most of the time when you're going to see them because, you know, it's arena shows or stadium shows or what have you. So you can pay, you know, a few hundred dollars to go see these artists. And then at that point, it's like, do I want to spend even more money? But, you know, obviously, I definitely buy band merch. I am not lacking in that department by any means. But it's one of those things where I actually have not seen Beyonce live. So I feel like if I were at a show, maybe then I would be more inclined to buy that there just because you don't have to deal with shipping and whatnot. And, you know, I have recently had USPS lose some packages of mine, so I kind of just haven't been ordering anything lately. Yeah, the shipping was fast. I was really, really surprised at the shipping fee. I think it was $3 for the t-shirt. That's actually even- really not bad. Because I've gone, yeah. to, I've gone to order shirts from bands or labels online or something, and it's like the shipping is almost the price of the shirt. And I'm like, why Why would I pay that much to have you ship a shirt? <laughs> because I know for a fact it does not cost that much. Exactly. But even looking at the price of her vinyl stuff, and right now on the website, only one is available, and that is the vinyl for Lemonade. It's a first pressing, it's a four-sided LP, it's 180 gram, and it's yellow. You would think that something like this surely would cost, you know, $60 easily. Because people like to mark up the prices of double LPs. Right. It's ridiculous. No, actually, it is a very relatively reasonable price of $29.98. Yeah, and that makes sense because... A lot of times when you're buying a single record, it's probably somewhere from 15 to 20 bucks or, you know, certain things will be on the higher end. Like I paid a premium price for a record that is in the shape of the bat symbol and has the Batman the Animated Series theme song on it. And that's sort of my splurge in my vinyl collection. But certain things are definitely very well priced when they could be much, much more, like you said, like 60 bucks for a double... LP or something like that. But before we go on and talk more about the fan base, why don't you tell us a little bit more about our sponsor, 6131 Records? Gladly. But before that, I just calculated the shipping for the vinyl. 
gives you four rates. $7.99 is the lowest, followed by $9.25 for FedEx. That's still really reasonable. Yeah. Okay. See? Reasonable things leading right into our sponsorship read here. So, this season has been sponsored by 6131 Records. They have some very awesome shirts and merchandise on their web store over at shop.6131records.com. And they've restocked shirts from Julian Baker, Culture Abuse, and their very classic, very soft, very awesome 6131 logo tee. I should also add that if you are in Richmond, they will be opening a physical storefront. I was there for the soft opening. It's a small space. You can get your merch there if you're traveling through Richmond or in Richmond for a show or, like me, kind of a local. They have shirts. They have one of, well, not necessarily one of a kind, but hard to find records from many of their artists, including Killing's Hush. I saw a copy for $30 that was a first pressing. They have some Julian Baker records that are hard to find. They have a great distribution. If you haven't checked out the distribution part on their web store, you should because they get in a lot of great records. And of course, you can also pick up a tape from Sammy Lanzetta. For Avery is the EP I'm talking about. And oh, it's great. Still one of our favorites. And yeah, like if you were at six or six one by Southwest, South by Southwest, some of their artists were performing there as well, like Thunder Dreamer. So be sure to check out 6131's web store, shop.6131records.com. Use MV10 for your next order of 10% off your next purchase of apparel and releases, which includes music. You have to use it with an order of $10 or more, once per customer. If you've been listening this whole season, you know the deal. But for more information on the bands or for tour dates, etc., you can visit their Facebook page or 6131records.com. Absolutely. Go give them a visit. Megan and I both love everything that this label is doing right now, and they always work with great bands. But before we forget to discuss this, Megan, I put in a post here that's actually from yesterday, March 5th, for those of you not listening to this, because... We are recording on March 6th, and you are not hearing it on this day. But basically what happened is there were joint tour dates for Beyonce and Jay-Z that were posted prematurely. And the headline basically says, the beehive briefly loses its mind. And this is accurate based on what we've been talking about this episode, how her fan base just sort of puts everything on this extra level everything's super heightened when it comes to Beyonce so when something happens spreads like wildfire yeah so when something happens that isn't supposed to or it happens early you know the fan base definitely lets their voices be heard about it and you know this one there's a little subheader in here that says fear the wrath of blue ivy and it's just a funny article too on top of you know the fact that the tour dates were posted prematurely. So we'll link to this. But what do you think it is that sort of just drives this fan base to react in such a big way about something like tour dates being released early? Because you and I have definitely seen this happen a lot just from, you know, being part of 
receiving press releases and everything like that. You know, someone might post something on social media a little earlier than they're supposed to. And in the end, everything ends up being totally fine. So it's not always a big deal when this happens, but for it to happen to an artist the size of Beyonce, it's definitely something where you feel like mistakes like that shouldn't be happening within those camps, basically. Mistakes can happen and they do happen. I mean, they were able to keep her album release as a complete secret, but you know, people do slip up and let things like tour dates fly by. It's like a few months ago when the initial lock-in lineup was supposedly leaked onto Reddit. And the lock-in announcement was announced a few weeks ago and was actually fairly similar to what that leak was. Sometimes it's people with insider information who want to be the ones that say, I got it first. Which is not something you should actually aspire to have in today's society because that's kind of petty and no one wants that. However... A lot of Beyonce's fans are young teenagers who haven't learned that, sure, maybe being first with the right news is great, but you don't always have to be first. It's it's kind of hard to explain. It goes with the elusiveness of her, too, because she's a very private woman who shares things on her terms and shares things when she wants to, as I mentioned earlier. It's like when she released home videos proving that, yes, she was in fact pregnant, kind of actually doing the whole Kylie Jenner thing with Stormy, with the never-before-seen videos. And fans eat that up. Since we live in an age where social media is so present, it also allows things to spread like wildfire. It also lets us get that access first. And of course, you know, if one person starts freaking out, then other people are going to start freaking out and it snowballs from there. And let's just say that this tour will probably be very interesting, like a second on the run tour with Jay-Z. Yeah. In a post-Lemonade era, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And basically, when the tour dates leaked, it's set to begin July 30th in Philadelphia, which is probably around the time when their Made in America festival was happening. And one or both of them have played that in the past. So I think that isn't happening this year. I could be mistaken on that. Don't quote me on that. But it's one of those things where they've definitely played a lot of shows in Philadelphia, either together or separate or what have you. And you know, I think people are going to go to this tour no matter what. Obviously, it's Jay-Z and Beyonce. You're not going to not go just because the tour dates were leaked and then disappeared a few seconds later or what have you. But Beyonce is someone who, like you said, does stuff on her own terms, but she doesn't have anyone really dictating to her when she has to do things either because she's such a big artist she doesn't have sort of these typical constraints that other artists do where it's like okay you know her contract with a major label still might be x amount of albums over x amount of years but it's not like an every 18 months thing necessarily which is a typical album cycle for major labels for the most part and you know she probably gets to dictate terms way more than other people just because the label knows she's going to make them a boatload of money anyway. So she definitely has a lot more freedom than 
I would say probably the majority of artists do. We know who wears the pants in that relationship between Bay and Jay. I mean, let's be real here. But going back to the Made in America thing, I looked at the dates from last year, and it was September 2nd and 3rd. Okay. And Jay-Z was a headliner. I don't think Beyonce has played the Made in America Fest. Don't quote me on that. However, her sister Solange has played it. She played it last year. And it's interesting that you see such this buzz literal buzz over Beyonce that you don't really see with Jay-Z as much or even Solange. And I think that even though both of them are associated with Beyonce, they have their own individual fan bases that are not as feverish, but are still pretty gung-ho, maybe except for Solange because she's still like low-key. She just goes with the flow. It's great. And we all know that the elevator incident where she stood up for her sister. Right. So it's still it's still very interesting to see that, like that dynamic. And then, of course, the kids. She might have some of the strangest child names after the Kardashian-Jenner clan. But somehow they've become endearing names like Blue Ivy and Rumi and Sir. Although I still think it's weird that, you know, her son is named Sir. So every time someone calls him, like, say he goes to school, it'll be, oh, Sir Carter, how are you doing today? <laughs> like, maybe she wanted to bestow part of her royalty onto him. I just hope for the sake of that child, he has a middle name that's not Sir. <laughs> Let's hope so. But yeah, celebrities Boy. definitely have strange names for their children and you know, Beyonce and the Kardashians are definitely not the only ones to do it or even, you know, some other celebrities, but it's just something that stands out more when they're the ones doing it. And, you know, the Beehive, this article says that they hadn't been this worked up since Beyonce posted her pregnancy reveal photo. So that was yep. quite a while ago because, you know, she's had the kids by now. <laughs> so, you know, they got worked up over something as simple as tour dates. You know, for the two of us, it's like, sure, we'll get excited when we see certain tours pop up, but we don't necessarily make that big of a deal about it. I would say 98% of the time, probably. That 2% of the time is basically me freaking out when Andrew McMahon announces a tour close to me. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's that. But the nice thing, the really, really nice thing is that Beyonce's figured out how to use her fan base. It sounds awful to say, oh, the celebrity is using their fan base. Oh, no. She's using it for good. She has a very, very, very big track record of doing community service and helping people in her community. Like after the hurricane, she helped out Houston and she's got the Be Good campaign where I know you linked to it in our doc. Yeah, she basically does a bunch of charity work through that. And it's another hashtag that you can commonly see and a Excuse me. A lot of it is, you know, celebrating Black history, and they do this thing called Giving Tuesday as well here and there. There's been a toy giveaway. So it's a lot of charity work and sort of just inclusion, basically, with celebrating Black History Month and 
you know, it doesn't last just one month, basically. You know, this is something that people are celebrating all the time. So, you know, there are certain colleges that the Be Good campaign has, I guess, partnered with. And if you just scroll through, you can obviously see a lot of the different things they do. So we'll link to that, too. And, you know, hashtags are actually something I want to discuss before we, you know, wrap up shortly here. But it's really the hashtags that get the fan base going. Because like I mentioned, you know, the name change happened on Twitter, basically, I believe. And if you just go and search, you know, hashtag beehive, you'll see all sorts of different tweets. And it's not even necessarily tweets that are all about the same thing at any given moment, you know, like, the first one I see on Twitter right now is someone posting, you know, artwork for Beyonce's rap album, which is likely just, you know, something someone photoshopped on because it's just, you know, song titles and guest appearances on songs and everything like that. So it's one of those things where the fan base definitely shows just how much they love Beyonce in a variety of different ways. And like I said, because of the tour leak yesterday, there's obviously going to be a lot of tweets about that right now under the Beehive hashtag. Oh, yes. And it's not just fans in the United States. This is literally a global sensation. And like, holy crap, that's amazing. Yeah, there's even a Twitter account at Beehive, which they have over 31,000 followers. So it's probably not even necessarily something Beyonce's team did, but just, you know, fans of Beyonce did. Because if you go to the Beehive Twitter, it's, you know, BeyonceBrazil.com. So it's not tied to her directly, but it's still based around everything she's accomplished and everything she's done. You know, there there are some pretty funny tweets on here. I highly recommend going and checking out the hashtag on Twitter just because you'll get quite a bit of entertainment. There's lots of videos to check out, just some great jokes, like I said, photoshopped artwork and song titles and everything too that, you know, it's always interesting to see what fans come up with. This is true. And of course, as anyone in a metalcore band or even in a pop punk band knows, there's always that very, very broad come to Brazil campaign, which is still kind of funny to me. It's either come play India or come play Brazil. Yeah. Always. <laughs> always those two. But I do want to add that going back to Beyonce's philanthropy, in 2011, she released four, her fourth studio album. Right. And on that album, I Was Here is on it. And it is by far one of my favorite Beyonce songs. Like, we're getting personal here now, guys. This is how you know you're in the beehive when you can make these personal connections. Anyway, a music video was released for the song in 2012. And it's Beyonce singing the song live at the United Nations General Assembly while images of volunteers doing humanitarian work were displayed on the screen behind her. She donated the video to World Humanitarian Day and wanted to create social media history with one billion people sharing the message of doing something good for another person. And truly, that is using your fan base for good, like taking your reach and saying, hey, go do these good things. Hey, go volunteer. Hey, the UN is great. 
Also, my yoga instructor has used it in class, and it's an exhilarating class when you get to do yoga to a Beyonce song. Yeah, and I do want to note, too, that Instagram is Beyonce's main social media platform, it seems, because I just went over to her Twitter account, and she has over 15 million followers, and she's literally only tweeted 10 times. There are 10 tweets on her profile, and the last one is from June 30th of last year. And prior to that, she hadn't tweeted since April of 2016. So the tweets are few and far between, to say the least. Yeah, but that goes with the elusiveness. She's had her account since 2009. Right. But really hasn't tweeted. Which, you know, it's good to see a celebrity not constantly bombard people's feeds with tweets. Or basically have a Twitter feed that you're on a watch for to see what they'll tweet next, a la Kanye. Or, I guess, in a sense, uh, the president of the United States right now. Because I'm scrolling through Twitter and it's kind of a mess. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that Twitter after tonight. Yeah, her art, even though it's music, which is obviously meant for something that's... Wow, those words did not come in the right order. I'm going to start that over. And for Beyonce, too, you know, with her music, there's definitely a big visual aspect to it. We mentioned the visual album she dropped when she did the self-titled. She did music videos for every song, I believe. And it's one of those things where, yes, music is meant for your ears, but she just takes it to a whole different level with the visuals that she attaches to her music too because you know music videos aren't quite as important as they used to be because you're not striving to get on MTV these days anymore necessarily because they're too busy airing Teen Mom or something like that so for her to be on Instagram makes sense because of how much of a visual effort she puts into her music as well so to have that visual social media media and yes you can still post pictures on twitter and everything but it's not quite the same as the instagram community true and actually twitter is where we see more of the memes of beyonce i mean my favorite gif of all time well one of them i should say but my favorite that pertains to this particular episode is of new york from i love new york fame and flavor of love where she's just going beyonce just wide-eyed and everything i do plan to use that with promotion for this episode by the way (laughs) but we have that and then we have blue hushing her parents at one of the award shows this year yeah which i thought was really adorable and of course going back to oh my gosh 2011 with the vmas where she announced her first pregnancy like the pregnancy of blue and you see her performing and all of a sudden she just like slyly rubs her belly looks all proud and that was a moment seen all over twitter yeah absolutely and there's plenty of beyonce content on the internet regardless of whether or not she's the one posting it so i think just how much her fan base will post stuff for her just lets you know that she doesn't necessarily need to be the one doing the posting for people to be talking about her like i said you know there's some photoshopped artwork and everything so the fans definitely contribute a lot 
to the discussion surrounding Beyonce. But before we move on to recommendations here, is there anything else that we haven't hit on yet that you wanted to discuss? If you haven't seen Beyonce live, you should go see her. The fans that see her, I've seen some that dress up in intricate outfits and that rocks. I've seen some that make really cute t-shirts in reference to songs like, you know, you would see teenagers doing at a typical pop concert. You see people holding up really cool signs and seeing her live is an experience. Her sound system, like her sound engineers and everyone who travels with her are amazing. I saw her at an outdoor venue and even though I was like kind of high up in the stands, it wasn't the nosebleed section, but I could still, you know, see the color of the bottom of her Louboutin stilettos on stage. Like that was enough for me. I could still see her. She wasn't an aunt. And the fact that I could see the Lubies was really cool. But it truly, truly is an experience. And you get to share that experience with a kindred group of souls. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. It's just that her music brings everybody together. Yeah, definitely. Well, to lead us into recommendations, because I was sort of too lazy to think of anything else this week, mine is basically just go listen to Beyonce because we just spent, you know, about 40 minutes talking about her and her fan base here. So, you know, it's the perfect time to just go listen to her. But Megan, you have a recommendation that I will also second. So why don't you tell us more about that? Lucy Dacus just dropped a great new album called Historian. If you haven't listened to it yet, go listen. It's really, really good. And I'm also saying this excitedly because tomorrow, the 7th, not only is my birthday, but I will be seeing her perform with Adult Mom in Charlottesville. So that's going to be a great show. I've missed Lucy in Charlottesville or even in Richmond, like pretty much every single time she's played. And she's technically a local to Richmond. And now she's on Matador Records. She's blowing up. And Historian easily, easily has a spot on my end of the year list already. Yeah, I honestly hadn't listened to her before this album dropped, but I saw a lot of people talking about it on Twitter and everything. So I went ahead and gave it a listen. And it's definitely a really good album. I'm surely going to be listening to it at least a few more times oh her voice is fantastic awesome well that wraps up today's discussion on beyonce's fandom and we will be back with more we still have paramore to cover the killers and a handful of other bands and artists but you can find the podcast at misaligned pod on twitter you can also email us at misalignedpod at gmail.com and if you want to sponsor the podcast you can contact advertising at modern-final.com it's affordable and as you've heard with our 6131 reads you get at least two mentions throughout the podcast so it's definitely something we are hoping to see more of from other sponsors in the future but for right now, thank you so much to 6131 Records for sponsoring Misaligned, and we will be back next week with another episode. We don't know what the topic is just yet, so we'll be just as surprised as you are. And as always, thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.